Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Christmas season. Whether you're watching online or you're right here at Kentucky Trail, I invite you to get up on your feet and let's worship God big together this morning.
some praise this morning. That's right. What an awesome reminder in this season to let every heart make room for him. He wants to dwell in you and dwell in me today as we worship. Let's make some space for Jesus in this season. Make some space in your heart as we continue to worship him together.
amen. Praise God, the light of our world. And we are entering the Christmas season, which is the most wonderful time of the year. And we are just so happy to share it with all of you here at Kentucky Trail Elementary and Real Life Church. How are we doing? Remember doing good? Praise God, praise God. So good to see you guys here in person, but do wanna welcome a very special group to us here at Real Life Church. And that's those folks joining us online, completely digitally. We give a big shout of praise to a Real Life Church online joining us through the airwaves this morning. And go ahead while we're up and about, go and say hi, uh, give a handshake or a fist bump to your neighbor, and then go ahead and have a seat. finding your seats. I do also want to welcome any of you who would consider yourselves new uh, to Real Life Church, whether it's your, your first, second, third, maybe even coming for a little while and just haven't felt you know truly connected yet. Uh, we want to make sure you feel at home and connected here at Real Life Church. And so I do have a couple next steps uh, for you all. Um, there's a QR code on the seat back in front of you if you're joining us in person. Uh, you can scan that or you can text RL new to 97000. And what that's going to do, it's going to take you to our digital communication card. Um, there should also be a link in the chat uh, for those of you joining us online. Uh, we invite you to fill that out and it just gives us some background information on you and how we can help you feel more connected here at Real Life Church. If you are joining us in person, I would also invite you after the gathering today to join us at the New Here booth up in the hub where we do have a small gift for you just for joining us here this morning. We are a church on mission here at Real Life Church, and that is that mission is to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. And, you know, it is the most wonderful time of the year, but oftentimes we can also feel lost. We can feel like maybe we don't know what our purpose and our calling is uh, during this season. You know, oftentimes we're dealing with seasonal depression or, or stress or things that really uh, cause strain on our lives. And uh, Pastor Sean's going to start a new series with us this morning to remind us that, that we do have a true mission, we do have a true calling, and that is to follow our one Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so it is the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, but kind of like I mentioned, you know, there's things that maybe don't make us feel like Mr. or Mrs. Wonderful uh, this time of year. Maybe it's things that make us feel more like the Grinch than it does like Mr. or Mrs. Wonderful. Um, but hey, Pastor Sean's going to start a brand new series with us to lead us into that Christmas season to remind us of the true reason of the season. So let's give it up for Pastor Sean. Good morning, real life. I just got to know, who is ready for Christmas? Any sick people out there already got all the presents in and the food already out? <laughs> no? Got the kitchen kitchen the oven timer set? Oh, man, I don't know about you. I, I'm not in that level at all. Anybody already decorated out, ready to go? Yeah. A few people, most of you, hopefully, at this point, right? Uh, I just want you to know, though, here at Real Life, we're excited to worship with you this Christmas. Uh, I don't know if we're 100% ready, but we're going to be ready. Amen? And we're always ready to worship Jesus, but uh, I want to encourage you to come out uh, really for our Christmas gatherings. If you get a chance to, to bring somebody with you, not just come alone, um, I'll tell you what, so many people are so open to coming to church and hearing about Jesus and celebrating Jesus around Christmas. And so I encourage you, on your seats, you're going to find what we call bring invitations. Don't just uh, put them out somewhere, invite somebody, but bring somebody with you. And I know for some of you guys, you serve. I would encourage you to worship one, serve one if you can, uh, and really see God move in somebody's life. Uh, I've got so many family and friends that would probably never come on normal Sunday but guess what? They're going to get a big push to come out for a Christmas. And I know we got a lot of worship, uh, amazing songs. We got, I think we got a choir this year. Uh, doing some, we're going to do more traditional style and some things, and uh, some kid program. We got some hot chocolate and uh, man, cookies and milk. Come on, somebody! 
Santa's going to come in the house, you know, all the dads, right? Dad bod right here going. Uh, but I'm excited. So we bring somebody out. It's going to be on Friday, uh, 4 o'clock, so Christmas Eve Eve. And then on Christmas Eve, we're doing something very special. We're doing it at 10 o'clock in the morning. And so it's going to be a lot of fun. So I encourage you to bring somebody out. Uh, for me personally, I'm nowhere near ready for Christmas. Uh, I, I don't even have a Christmas tree out. And I'm not a humbug, okay? It's just been a little crazy season. Um, but I'm excited and uh, really um, praying for uh, a Christmas miracle from the helper elves at Amazon. Come on, somebody. Um, they deliver on time. Come on, right? And I'm like the least likely person to get anything uh actually delivered in one piece. I don't know what it is. Uh, I have some bad luck with deliveries. Some things work out, but um, we get a lot of deliveries. So we see a lot of crazy stuff. And a few months ago, uh, you're going to love this. I showed up to my house and there's this box on my porch. And in the box, it looked kind of normal from a distance. It was probably like a foot and a half by foot and a half square box. And I get up to the box and the bottom looked like it had been soaked in like, like actual like oil from a car change. And it was just sitting there, and I'm like, man, that's the weirdest thing. So I go to pick it up, and it's all slimy, and there's a big square on my porch. I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird, right? And so I open it up, and I, as I open it, there's a the plastic bag inside of it. And I, as I lift it, it's like, it's pretty heavy. It's probably about 15, 20 pounds. I pick it up, just full of liquid, right? And I'm looking at this going, what in the world? It kind of looked like a mixture of, like, oil and detergent, and it was just really dark. I'm thinking, somebody's playing a joke on me right now, right? Like, where's the hidden camera? And I know the type of friends I have, so I'm thinking they probably put some kind of roadkill in this bag, right? Like, this is the kind of friends I roll with. Barry, come on, somebody, right? <laughs> He's going to throw in the bus on this, right? So, so, so look at this bag, and I, I can't figure out what it is. I'm looking through it. I'm kind of laughing. And I finally figure out, this is like all of this, like the detergents and the, the shampoo. and all, Diane had made this big order and stuff. And I don't know what exactly happened in the warehouse. Come on, somebody. A forklift ran it over completely. And somebody thought, what a great idea. I'm going to put it in a plastic bag and put it back in the box, and they'll never notice, right? I mean, it's unreal. So I picked this up, and I, I, had, I was just so much fun with that. I was just laughing my head off that I waited. I put it back on the porch, and Diane came home a few hours later, and I said, you'll never guess us on the porch. She's like, what are you talking about? I said, look at this. I, she didn't even recognize it. She'd made the order. And so I pulled this bag out and she's like, please, don't, please don't tell me there, there's some kind of cadaver or like chopped off animal head in that bag. Cause it was one of those, it was kind of freaky looking kind of thing. Right. And, uh, I, I don't know how your Christmas is going to go. Um, I know it's going to go well, but I don't know if you get all the things delivered on time. I know I probably won't, uh, but I will tell you this. And then this season is so easy to get distracted by the stuff by the shopping, by uh, materialism, by things, by family drama. Come on, somebody. Um, just happens, right? There's always a story. Something's going on. It's so easy to forget the whole reason of this season. It's really the faithfulness of God and God's promises. Who knows God always delivers on his promises? Amen? He, he, he's, he's never late. If God says he's going to do it, it's going to happen. And he will move heaven and earth to get there. And matter of fact, he has done that. And so today I'm going to dive into to really what it is to, to, to follow Jesus and to have this faith-filled Christmas this season. So today we launched a three-part series and it's lead all the way to Christmas and really dive into the faithfulness of God, that God can be trusted. And for so many of us, there's so much stress in the mess. But today there's a promise from God that we're going to deliver in and really lean into this promise. And I know we talk about Christmas and the, the family plans. I don't know about you. I come from a, I'm not the nuclear family. Come on, somebody. All right. And it's kind of like which Christmas are you going to go to? You know, how's this going to go down? What are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to bring? Uh, I, I grew up going to five different Christmas events, five different Thanksgivings. And so it gets a little crazy, right? Money's flowing out, right? Property taxes. Come on, somebody. I went there today, right? I'm like, oh, man, pastor, what are you talking about, right? I know you guys got all your presents already assembled. I know you're not looking for that last-minute gift. It's not shopping like that. Christmas cards are a little tricky. Do you send it to crazy Aunt Sally? Come on, somebody, right? Like, does everybody, I don't know, should they? Ah, oh, man. You know, it's easy to forget the Prince of Peace in the season, isn't it? 
it's easy to forget that we can rest easy, that God has this, and that Christmas is really the greatest gift. It's really the greatest gift of faithfulness of one of God's promises that you could ever see in the Bible. And so I want to take a, a long look, like a deeper look at the promise of Christmas and what it really means when we sit back and we celebrate the birth of Jesus. It's way more than a tree or stockings or sitting around with your family, but there's something going on much deeper that the faithfulness of God is shown, and so we can trust him. And so today I'm just hoping that you guys may become a little worried or a little heavy or you have some shame in your life or a little stress in your life that just gets canceled for today, amen? That just kind of gets deleted, just diminished as we see really the promise and the presence of God. So I'm going to start back with really the greatest promise of God. I'm going to go back to the beginning, and you're going to find this in Genesis chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. Uh, Adam and Eve had just sinned in the Bible, and you know how it went down. Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed the serpent, and the serpent didn't have a leg to stand on. Come on, somebody. I'm going to keep using that joke, and it never gets old. No, it's not Father's Day, but we're going to keep it going, right? But then God, he looks at Satan, he says this, and, and he says this, he says, so Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you eat dust all the days of your life. You, know, you think about this, the serpent wasn't necessarily a snake crawling on the ground. There's some kind of form and it wasn't like this. And so God is staring right at this serpent. He says this in verse 15, he says, I'll put enmity, I'll put strife, I'll put contention between you and the woman, between Eve and between your offspring and hers between you and her offspring, he being Jesus. This is amazing. Jesus, 76 generations later, after Eve, will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. You know, what's interesting about this passage is it's found right after Adam and Eve sinned. And this is really what they call, as theologian would call, the proto-evangelum. It's called the first gospel. This is the first mention of the promise that Jesus will reverse the curse. It's amazing, the first thing that God did when we sinned is he didn't flick his fingers and snap them like Thanos or whoever and the whole world disappear, right? He just said, you know what, I'm going to make a way. I'm going to give a promise that this curse is going to be reversed, amen? He made a promise 4,000 years before it came true. You find this in Romans 5.19, it says this, for just, for just as through the disobedience of one. This is talking about Adam, the disobedience of Adam. Many were made sinners, but also through the obedience of one man, many will be made righteous. And that man is Jesus, amen? And if you don't know Jesus, he's also called the second Adam. Adam was a type of Christ. He, he pictured sin entering humanity. He spoke his representative for all humanity. In Jesus, he brought righteousness and allows righteousness for all humanity. He represents everyone. And so this is amazing that the very first promise that God made is so interesting. It wasn't even made to us as humans. Think about this, it just dawned on me that the very first promise that God made was actually made to Satan himself. As he looked into the eyes of that beady serpent, as he stood toe to toe, as Jesus watched the fall of his creation, he manned up with Satan himself, amen? He said, I just wanna remind you one day, I'll be back, I'm coming for you, and I'm gonna crush your head. That's a promise you can count on, amen? And Jesus wasn't messing around. He, he plans for 4,000 years. He lays out the purpose of God and the sovereignty of God, and his promise is going to come to fulfillment. Matter of fact, you might just say it this way, Christmas is coming. That's what he said to Satan. There's a day when the offspring of Eve is going to come and crush your head. Christmas is going to come. Matter of fact, Christmas is way more than gifts. It's way more than a tree. It's way more than some fat guy in a red suit. Come on, somebody. It's fun to mess with, right? But it's, it's, way more, it's even way more than family. 
Christmas is actually a picture of a spiritual war that has taken place. Christmas is a picture of what Jesus said 4,000, would have been 6,000 years ago to Satan and looked him eye to eye and said, I will crush your head. It's coming. There's going to be an offspring. His name is going to be Jesus. He's going to come. It's, it's a picture of, of God moving all heaven and earth to allow his will and his promise to bring this moment to reverse the curse. There's a spiritual war that is going on way bigger than, than the fold and fluff of Christmas. Now, I love the joy of Christmas, but the reality is it's so much deeper. That joy is found on such a deep level. Amen? That we're set free. That, 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 we're, that we're made back and right with God, that we've been reconciled to him because Jesus made a way and defeated sin on the cross. See, the reality is this, is that the birth of Jesus wasn't just a savior being born. It wasn't just our savior being born. Matter of fact, it was a king being born. It was a warrior being born, amen? That the king of all kings came into humanity. It was born on this world. They take upon the sin of humanity to reverse the curse to defeat Satan himself. And God delivered that message 4,000 years earlier to Satan. And then, for, and then when Jesus was born, God delivered on his promise. Amen? It came to fruition. Matter of fact, the demons understand this, and so does Satan himself. James 2.19 says this, you believe that there's one God. Well, that's good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. The, ra- the reality is this. The demons in Satan himself knows that the promise of God is going to come true. That they know that God is faithful. That's one of his names. He's faithful. And they know that everything he says will eventually come to fruition because God is working his plan. is totally in control. Everything is good. Now, for you, some of you guys that literally had brain surgery this week, God is in control. Amen? God has it. God knows what he's doing. And it may not work out the way you want to, and I think you're way out of the woods on this, right? But the reality is God is in the midst of this. God knows what's going on. Some of you guys are strapped for cash this season, and you're wondering how your Christmas is going to come about. God knows what's going on. Amen? Some of you are walking through a season, uh, it doesn't make any sense. You're like Joseph, and you're just, uh, you jump the gun, and you're, and you're freaking out, and you're worrying, and God's like, hey, it's all part of a plan. Like, God, God has it under control. You're, you're wondering how, how much you can afford to give to kingdom come, or if you can give, or maybe you got a diagnosis, or maybe you feel like the world's crushing in on you, right? Like, there's just problems, and there's family issues, and all that stuff, and you're like, man, I just don't know where I can go in this season. And I can I just tell you, God is in control, Amen that his promises are going to come true, that you can take heart, you can be strong, have courage, that God is going to fulfill everything he's out to fulfill, that his promises are true, and he'll never, ever, 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 ever fail. God cannot fail. And if you're a Christian, you actually live in what they call the procession of victory. Like you're not in a procession of defeat. We actually stand behind Jesus, and he's like in a parade, and he's like leading the way. It's like the, they call it the triumph. If you go back to the, 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 the time of the Romans, the, the great warrior, one of their generals would, would defeat an enemy and they'd parade him through the streets and it'd be a triumph parade and everybody get behind him and cheer him on. Oh, man. And that's what we do for Jesus. Amen. And let's pray to victory for Jesus. Matter of fact, you, you can't be defeated as a Christian. Uh, you know, what's the worst that happens? You go to heaven. Amen. There, there's no defeat. Matter of fact, you may think you're defeated, but you're fooling yourself because the promise of God, the Bible says he's working all things. Amen. He's working all things for his good. It doesn't feel like it, but he's working. See, God can't be trusted. If he said it, it can't be trusted. The, the reality is this. There's a reason they call it the gospel truth, amen? They call it the gospel truth because it is true for a good reason. you got to fast forward in the story. The king of Judah named Ahaz, he was under attack by Israel and Syria. And, and God gave him a prophecy, a prophecy of peace and a prophecy of deliverance. We preach this, uh, this passage all the time for Christmas, and it's a famous passage found in Isaiah chapter 7. It says this, verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself gave you a sign. He 
said, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which you know means God with us. And this sign that was really given to the King Ahaz in, this, in his timeline, in his world, in his reality, uh, actually came true. There was a son born. It wasn't born of a virgin. It was a sign of deliverance that by this little boy, by the time he would say mom or dad, it might be the age of one and a half or, or so, by the time this would happen, they would, be def- they would be delivered from their enemies, that Judah would be helped, all because God was with them. Emmanuel was there, but it wasn't just a, a God that was with them, but it was a God of deliverance. Matter of fact, you see the word Emmanuel found three times in the Bible. You find it once in Isaiah 7, once in Isaiah 8, and you find the New Testament we'll talk about in a minute. But there's, a, there's an allusion to this where in, in chapter 8 of Isaiah that says this, and it's so good. He says, devise your strategy. So talking to Judah's enemies. Go ahead, put your, put your plans together. Go ahead and try to f- find a way to defeat us. But you will be what? Help me out. You'll be thwarted. Yeah, I threw out a hard word there, didn't it? <laughs> you mumble on that one, right? You'll be thwarted. Propose a plan. Go ahead, give us your best. But it will not stand for God is with us. That's Emmanuel. That God is with us. He is for us. The Bible says in the New Testament, if God is for us, who can be against us. If God is for you, who could be against you? If the world's crushing in and you feel defeated and all these problems are happening and finances don't add up and nothing's making sense to you, but if God is for you, matter of fact, there was a, a great, the, uh, really kind of a, a Pharisee, but a great leader in the New Testament, and they were going to him saying, oh, the way is going out of control and these Jesus people are going nuts and what are we going to do about it? And he said, if God is for it, who can stop it? If, if God is in it, and if God is in you, Amen. And you may not feel like uh, this is the greatest season. Uh, you may, may feel like it's the greatest season. But there's always those times where you, you're walking and, and you may be doubting. But God's promises always come true. Think about this. Politicians have strategies. You see it all the time, right? Enemies have plans, but we have God's presence. Amen? I mean, the world may be going right. It may be going left. It may go near wants to go. But we have Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? Like, this, this world's not our home. So we're not going to get too attached, just walking through. Fast forward 700 years, the king Ahaz is signed. So 700 years past the prophecy found in Isaiah 714, you have Matthew chapter 1. This angel is talking to Joseph, and Joseph is really freaking out. Uh, Joseph is jumping the gun, and he, he's, he doesn't understand what's going on. This angel comes and speaks to him in verse 21 and says this. He looks at Joseph and says, she, talking about Mary, his fiance, will give birth to a son. And you are to give him a name, Jesus, because, don't miss this, he will save his people from their sins. And all of this took place, Joseph. All the stress, all the worry, all the things that have happened in the past, all what you're walking through, all the Roman Empire coming, all these things that took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. And he quotes Isaiah 7, 14. He said, the virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, and even says in the Bible, which means God with us. You know, you know what's interesting to me that in the Old Testament, when this sign was given, it, it, was, it was a king that was given a sign. King Ahaz was given a sign that there would be deliverance, there'd be a promise. But in the New Testament, a king is given as a sign. Jesus himself is there. There's no, no longer a need to make a, a, a prophecy or, or some kind of symbol of peace because Jesus was the Prince of Peace, amen? 
You didn't need a promise of a sacrifice. Jesus was the sacrifice. You didn't need a promise that it would be a sign of delivery because Jesus was delivery, amen? And so all of a sudden, as Joseph gets the news from this angel, hey, I just want you to know that you're naming Jesus because he's going to deliver his people, much like Ahaz was delivered. Jesus is going to be your deliverer of the sins of your people, and you play a part of the story of God. And he heard that verse, he was quoted, the virgin conceived and give a son, and the, son, the son's going to be named Jesus, and he'd be called Emmanuel, God with us. All of a sudden, for Joseph, everything changed. All, all the worry about Mary being frustrated that maybe she had been with somebody else, or of course he thought she had been with somebody else, uh, taking matters in his own hands, uh, trying to fix it and make his way through his own season and his own life, all that was like, wait a second, wait a second. Dude, I'm just a part of the bigger picture of God, amen? All of a sudden, he, he could kind of rest easy. God's got this. Like, I'm playing a part of his story. And I wonder if Jesus would just slow down and if he spoke a word to you and he said, hey, I want you to know, Tim, that you're in the middle of my will. I want you to know when you're walking through this season right now, there's a purpose to this plan. And not all of us, we don't get this word from God, this revelation, like we don't get an angel. Come on, that'd be easy, wouldn't it, right? I know some of you are like, if I just had a sign, right? Well, God gave Jesus, amen. He did better than a sign. He sent a son. You have an actual person that came to earth as God, died on the cross for our sins. It's amazing. And now we trust in Jesus. And Joseph realized there was a 4,000-year-old promise that was being fulfilled. There was a 700-year-old prophecy that was coming true, and he was just part of the plan of God. Amen? And so if you don't like where you're at, good. Come on, somebody. Because God's working it. Amen? It's not the story you'd write, but it's the story God is writing. And he's going to use your life. And it's not to the extent maybe Joseph or Mary, but it's to the extent of the purpose of God to see lives changed. And we're still on that same mission of which Jesus came to see souls saved. So at some level, it's time to lose control. Come on, somebody, right? Because, you know, we're all control freaks, right? And we're holding on to everything. But the Bible says, stop freaking out. God's timing is perfect. Who knows that Jesus is seldom early but never late? Who knows, you're praying for something and you may be called to be something and God's put a call in your life, but hey, it's not today and you're freaking out. Nobody has a problem with God's promises. They always have a problem with God's timing, Right? Like, I want it now. But, but, you know, there's so many people in the Bible, and a fair amount, probably most, that, that never saw the end of a promise. You think about Moses in, in, in the promised land, trying to get the people there wandering, these backslidden people for 40 years in the desert, dragging around. It, it was a five-day journey, right? It took him 40 years, and he never made it there because he got frustrated himself. There's so many people that are made a promise, but they're playing a part of the story of God. And for us, we get to see the promise fulfilled in Jesus, Amen. We, we get to be a part. Matter of fact, in the New Testament, the Bible says this, that, that, that the, the spirit of God enters the man, that the salvation that God has made away over 4,000 years, it says when Jesus did this, it says the angels leaned over the edge of heaven and stared longingly, interesting, in what God is doing in the hearts of men. Like we are the centerpiece outside of God of the work of God. Like we're his masterpiece, Amen. And you got heavenly realms staring down going, what is God up to? This is crazy. He's went toe-to-toe with a fallen angel, and he took him out, and he crushed his head. Man, you guys check this out. This is the story that God is writing. The reality is, is this. We don't lose faith because we don't like the cards we've got. We don't lose faith because, no, God is building a masterpiece. Amen? Look at the masterpiece of God promised in Galatians chapter 4. It says this in verse 4. It says, been what? When the What? When the what? Help me out. When the, I did a bad delivery on that, but you guys, you guys did better than me, so I like that. When the set time had fully come. When the set time. There was a plan in place, amen? It was a set time. 
There's a moment in time where it was already forecasted, put together. It was already there that God was going to send his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive the adoption of sonship. You know the only person that could break or break this, uh, the curse of sin was a perfect sacrifice? There was nobody born in humanity that could ever be good enough to fulfill what it would take to bring us in bright singing with God. And for Eve, she thought that offspring would have been her own kids. She would have thought the salvation would have been in the first generation. Come on, somebody. I mean, she, she would have been very frustrated that Cain wasn't the sacrifice or, or Abel wasn't the sacrifice. I mean, she had no idea that maybe 76 generations later, there would be a sacrifice. Be Jesus would work his plan in humanity. They'd be born under the law, fulfill the law, to redeem those in the law, that we can now be adopted as sons. And because we're sons, God sent a spirit into our hearts for the first time. The spirit of God dwells in man. We're not just filled for a moment like Samson to push over some pillars. We're not just filled for the moment. We have the indwelling spirit of God. You're marked by God. Matter of fact, it says in the beginning of Ephesians, it says you have the Holy Spirit of promise. And the reason we still mess it up is because we're promised salvation. We're not fully sanctified. We're we're promised salvation. And when you die and your sin nature is removed from you, you'll be fully like Jesus, amen? All the old is gone, the new has come in that moment, forever changed. And so the Spirit of God lives inside of us and it cries, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave. You're You're no longer just under submission of the work of Satan. You're no longer submission to the work of the devil, but you're God's child. And since you're his child, God has made you also an heir. That's what Christmas is all about, amen? That that you're you're no longer a slave to sin. You're free in Jesus. That's what the beginning of the promise looked like. An heir would be coming, the offspring of Eve. Jesus was coming. And this is the beginning of the fulfillment of a promise that lasted for 4,000 years. So the set time had fully come set time had fully come in Galatians 4. It says, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son. Think about what it means for the set time to fully come. Think of all the things that God would have worked for Jesus to come at the right exact moment in history. See, God had a plan. See, the law was given in the Old Testament, not so you could fulfill the law. None of us are good enough to fulfill the law. Somebody, I heard it said, how many 10 commandments have you broken? It's like, ah, maybe five or six. And then you start looking, it's like, yeah, I've broken all of them, right? Like you start looking, there's, there's no way, there's nobody good enough to measure up to the law, but the law wasn't purpose for that. The law was a purpose so that we'd know that we were not good enough, that we needed Jesus because we couldn't do it on our own. There's a temple built in the Old Testament where they had the presence of God. Matter of fact, they carried around the ark, you know, and they, they, had the, they, they, they walked around, and if you touched it, you'd, you'd die. One person a year, the high priest would go in and they put a rope on him and he put down blood on the altar, pay for the sins, cover the sins, not pay for it, cover the sins of the people. And if he had any sin in his heart, he would drop dead and they'd pull him out with a rope because the presence of God in the ark of the covenant, who sat there, it's called the Holy of Holies. And when Jesus came and he died on the cross and he, he his, his power, he set us free from sin. It says that he ripped the curtain that divided the Holy of Holies from the inside of the temple. It ripped it from top to bottom and tore it in two, three inches thick of fabric, representing that the presence of God no longer was contained in the temple. And that Jesus is now our cornerstone, amen, of the temple of our lives, amen. He is the centerpiece. And he made his way where his presence was into humanity. You don't have to go find God. You don't have to work towards God. You have faith in God. Matter of fact, Jesus purposed all of this where the Greek empire would come into reign. 
Matter of fact, he, he brought the Greek Empire about and then he crushed it with the Roman Empire. And the Greeks left something very special. They left their language. It's called Koine Greek. It's actually, a, it's most stuff's not written. It's a common language. They call it dirty Greek. It's what the uh, everyday, everyday people would speak. Most of the stuff you read in, in, the, in the old literature is written classical Greek, but the Bible's written in normal common language, amen? It was made for everybody. But Jesus knew something special about Greek. Gr Greek is so specific. Like, he wanted to write it in Greek so that all humanity could know exactly his word and how it's preserved. Thank God it wasn't English. Come on, somebody. Right? But Greek, I mean, the why the Bible is written is 26 letters. It's all lowercase. There's no punctuation or spacings. It's just 26 letters, 26 letters, 26 letters, all lowercase repeats over and over again. And from that, you have the word of God because the, the language of Greek is so specific, you cannot mess it up. It's so specific. There's 26 ways to say the word the in Greek. It's so specific that God said, I want to use that language for all of humanity to know exactly who I am. And as the Romans came in, they took over the, the Greek empire. Those Romans, God had fabricated what we call a cross. It really a weapon of torture. It wasn't a way to kill people. There's way faster ways to do that. It was a weapon of means to humiliate, to scorn, to shame, to publicly murder criminals. And he designed it, put it together. So at the right moment in time, he could use that weapon of torture on himself. Isn't that incredible to think about? God has orchestrated all of these pieces. And then somewhere around the beginning of zero, right? The star shown in the Western sky for these men of Persia, these wise men to start the trek of 900 miles to visit maybe one or two year old Jesus. There, they weren't there at the birth, right? But they followed the star as Jesus was born. The plan of God has been weaving through all of humanity, weaves through us today, amen? This is, a, this is what is, God is always faithful. His promises always come true. So in the fullness of time had come, God sent his son. All of a sudden the father had, had a plan in place and he looked at his son and said, hey, Jesus, come here. Look at this, check this out. You're gonna be on a rescue mission, Jesus. Remember that time 4,000 years ago, you stared down Satan? Hey, now's your time. We're gonna seek and save what Satan has stolen. This, in this season, Jesus, you're gonna rob the grave. Come on, somebody. You're gonna charge the gates of hell. See, for 4,000 years, we've had the perfect plan put together for you to come here, for humanity to know you. And so you're gonna get on that cross and Satan's gonna strike your heel and he's gonna think he's won. He's gonna think he's defeated you. But what you're gonna do is you're gonna take your last breath in, in your humanity, what I've clothed you in as you emptied yourself. You're gonna send to the depths of hell and you're gonna rob Satan of the keys. And for 4,000 years, I'm tired of this cracked little serpent and think he's got one up on us. And so you're gonna resurrect. And as you resurrect, you're gonna crush the curse of sin, amen? This is what Jesus did for us. This is the greatest promise of God. His promises always come true. And so the father looks at Jesus and says, now is the time. Now's the time. We've orchestrated this moment. We've put it together. And now is your time to clothe yourself in humanity. This is Christmas, amen? So when I think of Christmas, I think of something way deeper than lights and fun and money and gifts and presents. Those are all good and, and fun. Man, but I think of the joy it is what is to be called a son of God and be delivered from my sin, amen? Two things that stick out to me in this. Number one is this, is that God will literally move heaven and earth to fulfill his promises. If Jesus said it, there's nothing that's gonna stop it. J Jesus literally moved kingdoms, 
He moved kings. He set boundaries of nations. He waged war. He, he, he fought heavenly fights, angels and demons and sin. Nothing will stop the promise of God. Amen? Amen? Come on, church. Nothing's going to stop it. He'll move anything. There's nothing they'll get in the way from a promise of God. You don't want to be on the backside of a promise of God. You don't, you don't, you don't want to be like Satan. You don't want God staring down telling you, no, no, no. I mean, because it, it's going to come true, and that's why they tremble. Second thing is this. Don't get lost in a problem if you already have a promise. Don't get lost in a problem. Don't get sucked into the mess. Don't get sucked into all the problems that you see looking down. Don't get sucked into your bank account, sucked into all the, all the family stuff, sucked into all the stuff around you. Dude, don't get sucked into it when there's a promise of God. He'll never leave you. Matter of fact, Emmanuel said that it means God with us. But I want you to think about this word Emmanuel because we talked about it. Emmanuel is something more than God with us. See, we've heard it a million times. Emmanuel, God with us, God with us, God with us. But when you look at the context of Isaiah, it doesn't mean just God with us. It means God is going to deliver us. Amen? He was a deliverer. As a matter of fact, he said, and even in Matthew, where he talked about where Joseph was given this message, and he said, Jesus, name of Jesus, because he will what? He will deliver his people from their sin. Just like it said in Isaiah, and he quotes Isaiah. So when you hear the word Emmanuel, it doesn't mean just God's with you. God is your deliverer, amen? He, he's gonna see you through. He, he delivered you from sin. He didn't take you this far to forsake you and leave you. He, he is with you. He is in you. Here's what it looks like to be delivered. Here's one of the greatest deliveries you find in the Bible outside of Jesus. Come on, somebody that has a pun. But Old Testament, King Hezekiah of Judah. He's surrounded by the army, Sennacherib. This is the, the king of Assyria. One of, the, one of those vicious enemies you'll find in the Bible is the Assyrians. They used to, used to kill people. They'd skin them and then hang their bodies outside the cities they'd take over to, to fear in the people they conquered. This is... This is why you have Jonah so freaking out about going to to Nineveh, right? But for 46, 46 towns and villages around Judah, around Jerusalem, have been pillaged and ransacked, people murdered, 200,000 Jewish people taken captive. There's 185,000 troops laying outside Jerusalem, ready to siege the city. The Assyrian warriors are ready to come in and take it down. The walls are going to fall. It's pretty much no way out. And King Hezekiah prays. And the thing that the Assyrian king had forgot about is that God's promise always come true. He, he'd forgotten that God's always faithful, that it's a living God he's dealing with. And as King Hezekiah prays, the angel of the Lord goes through the armies of Assyria and he kills 185,000 Assyrian soldiers, totally decimates their armies and defeats Assyria. And now that it's believed that Psalm 46 is written by the sons of Korah. And this is what it says in Psalm 46 about the faithfulness of God, about the power of God, about the promise of God. So if you ever feel defeated or outnumbered or surrounded in a season, Psalm 46 is for you. This is what it says. It says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not, what? We will not, we will not fear. We are not afraid. He just wiped out 185,000 soldiers, bro. We are not feared. This is the God we serve. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea and its waters foam and roar, a roar and foam, and the mountains quake and surge, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place the most high dwells. God is within her and she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. 
the Lord Almighty is what? Help me out. He is, he's with us. He is with us. Even more so in the New Testament, he is with us. He is in us. And the God of Jacob is our fortress. He is our stronghold. He says, come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. And he says, be still and know that I am God. Take heart, have peace, rest easy. And he says this, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And he repeats again, the Lord Almighty is, he's with us. He's in us. He's overseeing us. He's deliver us. And the God of Jacob is our fortress. Who knows that God always delivers on his promises? Amen? God always delivers on his promises. And today you have to, you have to make a simple choice. You have to make a choice if you're going to stress in the mess or you're going to have peace and a promise. You, you have to make a choice. Like, how are you going to live in this season? I mean, so many people are freaking out all the time, worried about who's elected, who, where the world's going, if this is going to be like this. Do we read the end of the book? Come on, somebody. We know where it's going, but we're freaking out about everything and, and this and, and everybody gets our goat and we just get off our rocker and then we lose it, right? And there's so much stress and all this stuff and we're, we're kind of playing with the sandcastle. But the reality is this was a peace and the promise of God. And if God is so faithful, 4,000 years, I mean, the very first thing we did when, when we sinned is that our dad got our back, amen? He looked the bullet in the face and he said, okay, Satan, you won the round, but I'm gonna tell you something, 4,000 years from now, I'm coming for you. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna crush your head. I'm gonna defeat the curse of sin. And then you know where Satan goes in the day? He gets thrown in the lake of fire. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing to me how faithful God is. And so we don't have to walk around with the worry, amen? We have no guarantee tomorrow. We're all, we're all fleeting. Like, we're, we're, it, it, there's a timestamp. We, we're all numbered, right? The days are numbered, amen? And so we look at our days and we say, what are we gonna make for our days? Well, I'm gonna choose to have a lot of joy, amen? I mean, I'm not gonna find a lot of peace in this world. I mean, you try to bring peace to God, right? But the reality is this, my peace comes from heaven, amen? And so we don't get lost in, in the mess. You know, this ain't fake joy, come on. This isn't happiness, this is joy, right? This is something deep in the soul. And so if you guys walk through a hard season, I want you to look at the Bible and say, man, God is faithful. I want you to find one promise of God that didn't come true. And there's promises of God for you. And next week we could look at those promises. We could look at the promise of freedom and all the different promises that God has told you. And every one of those promises are gonna come true. It's the gospel truth, amen? And so today we're just gonna trust in Jesus. That we're not gonna get worried or freaked out. Uh, we're gonna get excited about God. Uh, we're not gonna get lost in the season, but we're gonna stand in awe of Jesus and say, thank you, Jesus, that you are faithful and I trust in you, amen? amen. Father, we come before you and we're so grateful. God, your promises always come true. God, that you have woven a thin red line throughout all of history, all of reality. You can see it clearly in the Bible. God, your promises, they're spoken and they are always delivered. So God, we give you thanks that we can trust you. God, we can't always trust maybe people, definitely not products showing up on time one piece, but God, we can trust in you. And so today, God, I pray as a church, God, that we must joyful people in the world, not because we have a lot here, our home is here, but because we have you, Jesus, and you've made a way for us. I'll pray for one group of people, and that's those of you who say, you know what? I recognize today that I need Jesus. 
Like I recognize the greatest gift ever given, the Prince of Peace himself. He wasn't just a sign, the Son of God was given for me to make a way to know Jesus. And today I've been trying to find my purpose and my hope and all of my satisfaction in something else in the world. I've been trusting my own ability, I've been trusting in something else, maybe a different philosophy. But today I recognize that Jesus is who he said he is, he's the Son of God. He died on the cross for me and I can trust in him. My purpose can be set and I can have peace with God for the first time in my life. And if that's you today, and if you need Jesus, I'd be looking around. If you just raise your hand high in this place, I need Jesus. I see your hand. Anybody else, I need Jesus. If you're online, this is for you. You recognize you're in need of a Savior. This promise is always true. I want you to hear this loud and clear. The Bible says this, anybody calls on the name of the Lord, the Bible says, shall be saved, forgiven. That means made whole. That means Jesus made a way back to God. Jesus reversed the curse for you. Now on the cross, the Bible says that he died for every single one of your sins, past, present, and future. And that you don't have to be good enough because Jesus was good enough for you. And he's gonna make you righteous by believing in his son. And so today, if you have faith in Jesus, that's what will save you. And the way to do that is simply just to cry out to Jesus and ask him to save you from your sins. So I'm gonna invite you to pray with me if you need Jesus. Just pray this prayer to Jesus. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending Jesus for making a way, for fulfilling a promise to be trustworthy. So God, I surrender my life to you. I recognize it's not my ability. It's really my inability. And I trust in you, Jesus. Save me from my sin. God, make me whole. God, the greatest gift I have this Christmas is you. I love you and I praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give it up for Christmas. Let's give it for what God's doing, who he is. Come on. And if that was you today, if you decided today was the day you were going to start a relationship with Jesus for the very first time, we are so excited for you. We also don't want you to feel alone. We don't want you to feel like you're starting this journey with following Jesus on your own. And that's why we have a couple of next steps for you that we want to offer you. And the first one is this, to text RL next to 97,000. And what that's going to do is it's going to connect you with a member of our team to help to give you some resources to help you really know how to get this whole thing started. We also have a table at the back of the room that has some red bags that have a, has a Bible in it for you and also a paper that has some other resources just to help you figure out what this is going to look like as you start on this awesome and exciting journey in following Jesus. Well, as you guys heard Sean talking today all about the joy and the peace that we can have when we wait on God's promises, and that's really awesome. And I want to bring you guys a little bit of joy today in this amazing holiday season, and that's a promise we've been waiting on called the Hope Center. It's officially, yeah, give it up. It is officially ready to bring hope to our city now. Isn't that awesome? I am so excited, and we are excited as a church to share with you um, what the Hope Center looks like, what we're going to do there. So we want to invite you all out tomorrow evening from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Hope Center. And what we're going to do is we're going to give you guys a tour of the building. Uh, we're going to have some people there that are going to share the vision of what Hope Center is going to do in our community, the differences that are going to be made there. Um, and we want to have just a moment of prayer and dedication for the building there. So I hope you guys will just carve some time out tomorrow night just for a little bit, just to come out and check it out. Join us just to get to catch the vision, right, of what we're planning on doing with this incredible Hope Center. So mark your calendars for tomorrow night. 
Another thing I want to invite you guys to is if you have a teenager or if you know someone who has a teenager who maybe isn't connected to a church in any sort of way, maybe their family doesn't go anywhere, I want to invite you out, your, your teenager out, to a really fun event we're having this next Sunday night, the 18th. And it's going to be a really fun Christmas party that's all Home Alone themed, ridiculous and fun and awesome. We're all going to dress up in our favorite Home Alone characters. We're going to eat some pizza, maybe yell at some people that are going to try and break in. We don't know. It's going to be a great time. So it's a really great opportunity for teenagers who've never been to kind of break the ice with something fun. Um, we're going to have lots of prizes, lots of games, and lots of food, which is really what we know they really want anyway. So um, next Sunday night from 6 to 7.30, make sure your teenager is there. Please reach out if you have any questions. I'll be hanging out out there if you guys want to talk to me more about it as well. Um, so the last thing that I want to encourage you guys with today is something that we're doing here as a church that I think is really special, and we call it Kingdom Come Giving. And this is just an opportunity for you to take a step above and beyond what you normally would do with your weekly giving, and just to ask God what he would have for your family to give this season. And as you guys know, our church is a very giving church. Sean and Diane have really done an amazing job at setting a vision for us to not just be a church that's in the city, right? We're for the city. And because of your guys' regular and faithful giving, we're, we've already been able this year to do some pretty amazing things. And even in this holiday season with the joy Sean was talking about, we've been able to provide some families in our community through Adopt-A-Family with some gifts for their kids, which is really exciting and awesome. We've been able to furnish and finish, put those final touches on the Hope Center, which is super exciting. But think about what all we could do if we decided to say yes to whatever that other amount that God's been laying on your heart in this holiday season to give. So it might not be today that you you can do that and that's okay, we have some other options for you to give on that. But I just wanna encourage you in this next 2023, we're talking about the Hope Center, right? Like what we do and the impact that we're gonna make in our city is gonna be directly proportioned to what we do as a church and like what we're doing and how we're listening to God's leading in our life with our giving. So if you can't do that, today, that's okay. We actually have some options online as well. If you go online to give, there's a drop-down box that says Kingdom Come Giving, and you can just pay that way as well, which is really easy and awesome. Um, if you're brand new here, as always, this information is not for you. We're just so pumped that you're here. We're excited that you came to connect with us, to check us out, to hang out with us, and we just want you guys to be here and enjoy it. But if you do call Real Life Home, if you're here every week, we want to make sure that you guys have some ways that you can give um, that are really easy for you. So you can, as always, text any amount to 84321. You can go to reallifechurchkc.com or in the back, if that's more convenient for you, we have a giving box back there that you guys can drop a check or cash in as well. And as always, if these buckets are passing by and your family is here right now in this season and you may be struggling, you may find yourself in immediate need of some food or clothing or shelter, please reach into that bucket and grab out some loose cash that might help your family in this time of need. Well, we're talking about joy. And so before we leave this gathering, we want to make sure that Sean and Diane had an opportunity to share with you guys some exciting updates on our Christmas gatherings. So check out this video. The Christmas season is upon us. And we are so excited to celebrate with family gatherings, bundling up, sharing hot cocoa, and just celebrating all the joy that the Christmas season has for us. We love to have our family and friends and you at a real life Christmas gathering. We got a message of hope straight from the Bible. We got worship songs to sing along with. We have Christmas carols to bring you back to your childhood memories and even a song from our real life kids. 
So consider this your personal invitation to one of our real life gatherings of December 23rd or 24th. We can't wait to see you there. We've got milk and cookies. And so go to reallifechurchkc.com to check out our gathering times. We can't wait to see you. Come on, let's go. <laughs> you guys ready for Christmas? That's right. Who's going to come hang out with me tomorrow night at the Hope Center and pray and lodge? You guys ready? It's going to be great. Hey, I'm really excited to encourage you guys to be part of the Kingdom Come Giving. It's going to be uh, just a way just to keep pushing Hope Center and just launching it just really, really, really big. Hey, if you guys need prayer for any reason, we would love to pray with you. Can't wait to hang out with you guys next week at 930 or 11. And as always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. See you next week. Snipping at your nose, Yuletide carols being sung by choir.